It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Welcome to Spurs Cast, episode 632. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Stephen Michael. In this episode, Stephen and I will discuss some team and player observations from the first two Spurs preseason games. We'll also discuss notes and roster updates. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode with Stephen. Stephen, how have you been? Hey, Paul, going to talk to you again. Spurs season right around the corner. Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm doing very very well myself. You know this is a this is a good start. To just, it's just it's just fun to be back. Uh, you know in in the season I'm going to kick off here in a few weeks and with the preseason getting started, training camp and all that good stuff. So let's go ahead and jump right into this episode, Stephen. Our first topic is I'm just kind of going over um, some observations I've taken away from the first two preseason games. Again, we don't want to put too too much emphasis on this because it is only two games. The Spurs still have three left uh, before they get to to the regular season, and, and we know that you know players from the other team are are being left out of games, and then even some of the Spurs players are sitting out. Uh, on different nights so let's uh just recap these two games uh monday the spurs got a win in their opening preseason game against utah uh in san antonio they won by 26 points 111 85 they led by as many as 26 points then on wednesday they lost um in, in detroit to the pistons 115 105 by 10 they did trail by 17 uh in the first half though they fell behind early by 17 they actually made a little comeback and got the lead uh, for, for a time there but then in the second half detroit kind of took over um one notable player missing from that first game to the second game was was uh, Dejounte Murray was present for the first game. Then um, they they kept him out of the second game. Um, you know, Coach Pop basically said all the core players are going to miss a game or two uh, in in the preseason because he doesn't want to play everyone right now. He wants to make sure people get uh, you know, the players get rest. So uh, so what I've re- what I've done, Stephen, is I, I know it's a lot of information. Is um, let's go first go through some big picture um, outlooks from what I've seen so far. Again, just based on two preseason games. Let's first discuss the rotation. So I found it very interesting that Pop kind of stuck with what we thought here on the Spurs cast would happen. He kind of started with in that first Utah game, Dejounte. Murray, Derek White, Kelton Johnson, Doug McDermott, and Jakob Pertl. Then what was interesting was off the bench, because Trey Jones was out, uh, he actually staggered the minutes of White and Murray as, as the backup point guard. And then from there, it let Bryn Forbes be a natural shooting guard. Then you had Lonnie Walker, the fourth at the three. And then you had Devin Vassell at the backup four and Drew Eubanks at the five. Now, here's my question to you. Do you think Pop staggering DeJounte and Derek is something he might actually do for this season? to make sure one of them is always on the floor? Or do you think this is just more so because Trey Jones is out right now um, with, the, with, I think it's an ankle injury? Well, with Pop, it's always an enigma because you never really know what he's thinking. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it, he could be, you know, he could very well be doing what you see a lot of coaches in the NBA do with, with Steve Kerr with Golden State or, you know, even uh, Paul, or excuse me, um, when Doc Rivers was coaching um, in the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, he they would keep a superstar or a big player on the floor at all times, whether it was Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, things like that, or you know Kawhi Leonard, you know Paul George, you know doing all that. I will say though that Pop has options this season because, as you know, 
there are no veterans on this Spurs team. Well, apart from Thaddeus Young, there are no mm-hmm. real veterans on this Spurs team. We're, they're completely going rebuild mode and, and, and doing what a lot of the fans and Spurs Twitter and all the Spurs Nation want them to do and go young and, and ride these young this young core and see what happens. And I think that's what Pop is doing right now. I think he's kind of testing each rotation out, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. And, I mean, hey, preseason doesn't count. The wins and losses don't count. So what a better way to test what you have than in preseason. Um, I will say, though, uh, Trey Jones is someone that I'm actually looking forward to seeing how he goes from year one to year two. He spent a lot of time Mm -hmm. in Austin, as you know. Um, He has been a player that I personally have been keeping an eye on even before – you know, uh, he was doing stuff in Austin. I was really looking forward to seeing how he did in training camp last year, how he progressed in Austin, and he progressed well from my understanding. So it is very possible that Pop could be stagnating both DeJounte and Derek White, putting them out there at different times, but also knowing you have a very capable point guard in Trey Jones, um, either on the bench, who could be a backup, or um, and you know how Pop likes to do these schedules uh, where if a guy is going to miss some time to rest or, God forbid, an injury, you have Trey Jones as a backup and, and who well, I think should be getting some uh, good minutes out there, at least to start the season. Okay, I think you brought up a good point there. I think I, I agree with you where I think that if if Trey Jones, I mean, when, when he eventually plays in the preseason, Pop had said after the last game that he probably is going to play on Friday, but they, the Spurs are still listing him as doubtful as of Thursday evening that you and I are recording this episode. Uh, but I, I agree where, like, if Trey Jones eventually plays in the preseason, he, and he, look, you know, he looks good, just like how he was performing there at Summer League with this team, then I think that, yes, you know, he, he will be that backup point guard. But if he doesn't, you know, either if he's not able to play or maybe he doesn't he doesn't look as good, um, you know, coming out of the gate in preseason, then I, di- I do think that Pop is going to more so stick with what he did in that first preseason game against Utah with, with Derek and DeJounte kind of staggering their minutes to make sure one of them is always, you know, on the floor at all times. So, so you know, that's something to watch, you know, in terms of rotations. You know, we can't take too much from that Detroit game. The, the, the lineups were all over the place because, you know, DeJounte Murray was out, then Pop wanted to give some run to um, veterans like Thaddeus Young and, and Alfred Camino. So so that game, we're not going to look too much into the into the rotations. But I do think that that Utah game was probably a, an initial um, um, set of rotations for for the opening game of the season in a few weeks here. All right, so our next, uh, you know, topic here is uh, looking at is, is a uh, from these two preseason games is the offense you know um, again we don't want to put too too much emphasis because it's only two games but we are start, starting to see some signs of modern basketball finally for San Antonio we know that with you know DeMar DeRose and LaMarcus Aldridge always on this team even even you know even though some some other players that are still here like DeJounte um, you know they've always been a, a mid-range heavy team and now that, that some of those veteran players are gone we are starting to finally see in, in the numbers um, that this team has finally played more modern basketball so let's talk about what we're seeing so far the paint scoring is still kind of the same they're still taking 49% of their shots in the paint in these first two preseason games which is exactly what they did last year but it's that three-point shooting now you're adding Doug McDermott you're adding Brent Forbes Keldon Johnson's taking more threes even DeJounte took a few threes uh, so you're seeing an increase in volume from the three-point line so we've seen a six percent increase so right now the Spurs 37 percent of their shots in preseason are coming from at the outside and just 31 percent were coming in from their last season so it was 31 percent last season 37 percent this season because of that increase in threes we're seeing finally a drop in mid-range shooting right now in the preseason season only 14% of their attempts are coming from the mid-range and 20% that was the number last year 20% of their shots came from mid-range so I think that we definitely see uh, uh, that 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 finally they're adapting more so to, to the modern basketball that that you know that the league has kind of shifted to these last five or six years um, also on offense you know the in training camp coach pop and the players talked about how they want to play faster that one is still up for debate because in that Utah game yes they did play very fast 106 possessions per 48 minutes it's a lot easier to play faster and just have a lot more energy 
energy when you're winning by 26 points in a game. However, in Detroit, uh, a few nights later, they played very slow, 99.5 points per 100 possessions. We have to note that DeJounte Murray, their point guard, was out of that game. And right now... All the league is playing fast in these preseason games right now. The Spurs are actually considered slow uh, with their with their um, their possess their pace. Uh, they're twenty third compared to, to the other teams. Uh, again, this is only amongst three point teams. I mean, not three point um, preseason teams. But if this was the number they took into the to the regular season, that would actually have been the fourth fastest. So the whole league right now is actually played very fast. Um, so what are your thoughts uh, just based on on, the, on their pace? I'm actually excited to see their pace and see like when they're playing against these some some of these teams. And when I say some of these, I don't mean like, you know, the Lakers or, you know, the Clippers. I, I want to see them go against, you know, a team like Orlando, a team like who uh, Phoenix. And, and regardless if they win or lose the game, I just want to see if they can sustain that pace for an entire game. And as you said, you know, yes, it is easy to, to play fast when you're winning by 26 points. Um, but it's not so easy when the team you're playing against has a very good half court defense or a very good defense in general that will easily be able to make switches that will be easily that will easily be easily excuse me be able to kind of catch those players you know on their front foot and kind of not, not really not really you know, uh, catch them off guard a little bit so that's what I'm more interested in seeing if they can sustain the pace and yes I know Pop said you know we're going to play a faster uh, faster pace this season and I love your emphasis Paul on the word finally they're finally coming into the modern NBA yeah. um, but I will say is that this the offensively is I think this Spurs team has the ability to be better than what we've seen the past few years I say that because as you said DeMar DeRozan was a, a mid-range uh, player. He had a lot of shots in the mid-range. Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. before he uh, left the Spurs. Unfortunately, uh, he left the Spurs there. So the Spurs were a mid-range team for, I mean, I can't even remember how long. It's been at least <laughs> at least two or three years, maybe more. You would know more mm-hmm. than I would on that. But I will say that uh, three-point-wise, you know, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to exaggerate this number. It, it felt like they took about 43 pointers in that first quarter of Monday's preseason game. But I mean, um, you know, I'm excited to see if they can start knocking that down consistently because that is, as you know, where the NBA is right now. Um, Drew Eubanks uh, can hit threes now, which yeah, I, I, I did not know before <laughs> before last season. I was like, oh, he can hit threes. Uh, what I'm excited to see though is uh, Jacques Lindell. I, I might be butchering that name, but I'm excited to see him because we actually have um, seen him in the Olympics. Uh, he actually mm-hmm. was at the Olympics when they announced, oh, the Spurs are actually going to sign this guy after the Olympics are over. So I got to see him play at the Olympics, and if he can bring what we saw in Tokyo to San Antonio with the Spurs. I think the Spurs have a very good big man lineup with Jakob Pertl and uh, Lindell as their two main big men because that could be a very good lineup for Pop. Okay, yeah, interesting guess. And we'll get into some of those players here in a bit. Um, and then one one last note on the offense. Um, just, just looking at their offensive rating, this is kind of... One thing is, even though I know, again, we can't depend you know too much on preseason stats, is that there's there's kind of some um, some consistency with with their offensive rating where where they had a really good game against the Jazz and they, they blew them out. They still had a 104.7 uh, um, um, points per 100 possessions offensive rating. Then in, in a struggling game, they, they, they scored 105 p- uh, p- points per 100 possessions. So, so right now in preseason amongst all the teams, it's 
about league average, their offense. And if that, they took that number into the regular season, that would actually be uh, a very um, not not so good number. So so again, we, we kind of know that's going to be their issue is is that when they're not when they're not able to get out and run or making threes, they're going to have trouble, like you mentioned, Stephen, in the half court. So they're going to have to really try to keep this pace going because they cannot let a defense set up on them in the half court, or else you know it's going to be a, there, there are going to be some struggles without a player in Demar Derozan who was able to kind of break down a defense for you when you got stuck, um, you know, in situations. That's what this team is going to be missing that kind of a player. All right, so now let's quickly note just a few notes on the defense. Um, again, just to kind of like the pace, the defense is kind of um, all over the place a little bit. Where like against Utah, they played elite defense. I mean, they were not letting the Jazz have anything uh, close to, to the rim. Uh, everything was contested. They, the Spurs players were forcing turnovers. They were swarming. They had a lot of energy. But then the opposite happens um, against Detroit, where they only had one good defensive quarter, and then aside from that, I mean, Detroit really uh, played well against them. They, they shot seventy percent in the paint. Detroit against the Spurs. We do again have to note that the Spurs, one of the Spurs' best defenders, Dejounte Murray, was out of this game, so that could be a, a big difference as well. Um, so again, it's kind of up for grabs. I'm not going to say exactly you know where I see this team uh, defensively. We know that right now in the preseason they, they would be ranked ninth amongst all these teams, and that's kind of where I think they might end up because last year, um, uh, you know, they were they were about league average in defense, uh, and I think they could probably push themselves into that top ten range uh, just with the, with the players that they have and with the players that they lost. I think that they have got a little bit better defensively. Uh, so just some other observations I've seen on defense is that. Um, so just look at some numbers here. Um, teams are still getting into the paint and shooting about the same from last year in terms of um, frequency of attempts in the paint. Uh, there is an increase right now in, 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 in um, opponent um, increase in, in, in taking more threes. And also there, there's the midrange is almost about the same. And then the last thing I saw was I want to note this more so from the Utah game is that Pop is kind of experimenting a little bit here where he's he's like throwing like half court traps and just letting like, you know, just sending these kind of actions and then also having like, like an early zone look. So I really feel like Pop's kind of like you mentioned earlier, he's kind of experimenting right now do you have any comments on the defense yeah i will say like like i said before i mean if if pop's gonna experiment this is the best time to do it Mm -hmm. and i will say that defensively i want to make a note that yes the spurs played very good defense in that preseason uh, game against utah what i will say and pop said this after the game as well you know let's be reminded you know utah had some of their better players out of that game Mm -hmm. so that's also something to kind of take into note there where you know, yes, they look good against, I, I'm going to call it Utah's B team. Can the Spurs do that against the Utah team that we're all used to seeing? That remains to mm-hmm. be seen. But um, yes, I mean, I will say defensively is where I think this Spurs team, and I might do what you did. I'm not going to sit there and predict, oh, this is what they're going to do. But I think we can both agree that this team is going to be like a Jekyll and Hyde defensively, and sometimes maybe even offensively, because mm-hmm. this is going to be a young team that has for the most part, not played together very often. I mean, these guys are getting the keys to the car, so to speak, uh, you know, of uh, DeJounte Murray, Kelvin Johnson, you know, Lonnie Walker. These are all guys that are going to be driving this this Spurs future here. And we just, I mean, I can't sit here and tell you, oh, this is exactly what's going to happen because we have ne- this, we've never seen this team together like this. We've never, they've, they've always had a veteran presence in mm-hmm. them and, and that for the most part is gone. And, um, you know, even losing a guy like Patty Mills in the locker room is going to be a big loss for the Spurs because Pop has said he was that motivator, you know, for the Spurs. And I mean, I think offensively, or excuse me, defensively for the Spurs team, 
I think, like you said, DeJounte Murray, one of their better defenders now, was not playing in that in that preseason loss to Detroit. But I think he's going to be the anchor of that Spurs defense, along with maybe Jakob Pertl, maybe in there, um, you know, uh, and possibly even Keldon Johnson. We've seen Keldon Johnson do some great things defensively last season. So I think those three may be the ones that Spurs may have to lean on for defense, uh, at least to start the season. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any hockey game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I want to move into um not not you know not going in super into detail into every single player, but I'm going to kind of go through the lineup. So I'm going to go through a few players that stuck out to me from the starting lineup, then the then, then what I what I would assume is the bench rotation. Then of course like don't more the, the depth uh, lineup where like players that are going to play more so um you know uh, in like that third string group. So let's first begin with some of the starters that stuck out to me. Uh, Dejounte Murray in that first game against Utah, he really took over uh, in the third quarter when he scored nine of his 17 points. He was very aggressive. He got to the rim and he was one of the key players who got the most free throws. Now the reason why I bring this up is because in the next night or, or two nights later when they lost to Detroit and DeJounte was out, they really didn't get many free throws as a team. And so with DeMar DeRozan gone, who was their, guy, who, who was their player who could get to the free throw line for them consistently, it, this may be up to DeJounte. And so this is a, a really good chance for him to take that leap in terms of um, more responsibility on offense and really having to, to play make for this team. Uh, another starter that, that I'm interested um, in and some observations I wrote down was Keldon Johnson. He is getting way more opportunity in the half court to run more pick and roll sets. Now, he, he's not being as effective with them but at least he's getting that opportunity and that's something you want to see from a young player is getting at least getting that opportunity so like um it, it's more mostly notable in the utah game where like he, the, the spurs would get a defensive rebound they would push it Kelton would have the ball and if the defense set up on him he could he, you know he he was allowed to call a pick for for yakapurdo or for doug mcdermott or someone like that so so again the, the fact that he's getting more opportunity is a good thing just because they can see you know what is he going to be able to handle that and, and become an effective ball handler um and playmaker or or not and then lastly on Kelton, um he's actually launching more threes now he hasn't made any in the preseason so that's going to still be an issue so far is, is the accuracy but at least he's taking more threes he's, he's not shying away from them when defenses are leaving him open and going under on screens and also um uh, his release looks a little bit different looks a little bit quicker and then the last starter i want to mention is doug mcdermott just because you know he's finally got his first um, playing time with the spurs um he's kind of doing what, what what we talked about um uh, when he first started the spurs is that people think that he's only a three-point shooter but he's actually a very sneaky player who scores inside he, he likes to uh, pump fake and get to the rim he, he's good about cutting and so that his teammates are finding him so he's he's getting his points a lot of his points in the paint off secondary action did you have any comments about any, any of those starters yeah kellen johnson i think uh again i talked about the olympics before he was also on team usa 
Um, and I mean, whether he played a lot or not, and obviously there are games he played uh, a lot in. If if there was a blowout, there were games he did not play in. If it was a closer game, but I will say. Just being around guys like Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, you know, Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, that alone is going to really just change who he is as a player uh, on the court. And I mean, that is maybe something you're starting to see whether, you know, maybe he hasn't knocked down some threes yet, but I know Pop has told uh, even Danny Green in the past, you know, just keep shooting. Eventually it will go down. And I'm pretty sure he's probably, if he's not, he probably should give that same advice to to Keldon Johnson. Because, I mean, yes, eventually those shots are going to go in. I mean, nobody misses forever. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. the the, the uh, Golden State Warriors are proof. You know, nobody's going to make every three they, they hit. But, I mean, um, I will say, Keldon Johnson is the one I'm, I'm excited to see how he elevates his game. Really coming in to see how Keldon does. Um, and then, uh, who was the other one you mentioned, actually? Uh, it was Murray, Keldon, and McDermott. Okay, Mc, uh, McDermott actually is someone I'm actually interested. I, I didn't follow him much whenever he was with Indiana, but I'm actually interested to see him uh, play because I know he. I, I think we all know he's a very good three point shooter. But I'm wondering if he can be an off the ball type of player. That's something I'm actually looking forward to seeing because we all know he can hit the spot up three. We all know he can. Uh, uh, maybe some who didn't know, uh, he actually can drive the paint as you mentioned. I want to know, can he be an off-the-ball type of player where he doesn't need to have the ball all the time to kind of make a play? That's something I'm curious to see. So those two, I think, are the ones I'm really looking at as the season kind of starts. And actually, I know Pop, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think Pop did start McDermott in that preseason opener. Um, yeah, he, in both games. In, mm-hmm. in both games. So I'm, I'm curious, if he, is he going to be a off-the-bench player or like a six-roll kind of Rudy Gay type, or is he going to be a starter? That's something I'm actually more curious about, too. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I still have, I still see him as a starter just because they need spacing with that that starting unit aside from um, you know, Derek White. So, so I definitely think they need shooting. Uh, now, now let's, I'm going to discuss just a few observations from some players on the bench that I've noticed. Again, these are players that I assume will be in the normal bench rotation. Um, Lonnie Walker the fourth. Uh, what I noted here was that he's just getting, just like Keldon, he's getting more opportunity to to run more pick and roll, and kind of the Spurs are learning to see, you know, how, how does he do with that that kind of responsibility. Uh, he he did come off the bench in that first game when Dejounte was there, but then the second game. Uh, um, Pop had an interesting rotation where um, you know he started Keldon and, and Lonnie in the in the against Detroit, but then in the third quarter he actually brought them both off the bench. So that was just you know something random to, to note there. Um, Drew Eubanks, you kind of mentioned this earlier. He, he's getting that he, he talked about in training camp how he's getting the opportunity now to shoot threes as long as he's open. And so he says he has the green light, and sure enough, he he made he, he's taking pick and pop threes now. He made one in that first game against Utah. Something else again again only in, in the in the game against Utah that I noticed was that he he has a lot of physicality. He was really doing a great job of of um, moving a lot of the front court players against Utah but like you mentioned Stephen you know Rudy Gobert was missing and some of their other um, better players Rudy, Rudy Gay who's now on Utah was also missing and then the other player who I want to mention from from the, the the normal bench rotation I assume is Devin Vassell one thing I'm a it's not really disappointed but I just knew it was this was going to kind of happen is that because you know because he got so much opportunity in summer league uh, getting to be the, you know the lead ball handler and getting to you know run a lot of pick and rolls now that he's back with like DeJounte Derek White Lonnie Brent Forbes too he's not getting that opportunity to, to you know to run as many um, uh, possessions he's getting he's, he's having to be in the 
a little bit more so in his normal natural kind of spot up shooting kind of role. And so um, because he has all those other ball handlers um, on the floor with him, so they're they're obviously going to get to be the lead ball handlers in the possessions. And then one other player I forgot on the bench um, off the bench was Bryn Forbes, just because now he's back with San Antonio. We're already seeing what he can do. He's just, he's just a light lights out shooter. Anytime he's wide open, I, I already assume he's going to make it. That was kind of the feeling you used to get. You used to get what Patty Mills was like. If he's wide open, it's going in. And sure enough, so far Forbes has looked great in preseason with his outside shooting. He made he made six threes in this in that second game against Detroit. And he's also showing that you know if, if the first initial action isn't there, uh, Pop's letting him run some pick and roll as well. And if and if that mid range shot is wide open for him, he's taking it. And that's almost like an automatic shot for him as well. Uh, so what is um, what are some of your thoughts on some of these bench players? Well, like I said, uh, Drew Eubanks, I, I know that he's gotten some flack um, over the past few seasons, but he's someone that I've really actually come to, you know, admire as a player. I mean, he works hard, you know, he he's put in his time in Austin, you know, he kept at it, and he's getting a raw, real opportunity now, especially with this young team, and he even, he even earned himself a nice contract out of it. So he is attempting those, uh, you know, those pick and pop threes, he's, he, he's open, he's going to make it. Um, one thing I think that a lot of people don't realize, or maybe they do realize, realize and I'm just wrong about it, I don't think they realize how physical he really can be. Uh, Drew Eubanks is someone, and I know obviously the G League or D League, as it used to be known as, works different than the NBA. Obviously, that we all know that. Just like Summer League works different than the NBA, and I think uh, Josh Primo actually said that. Um, he's like, you know, the NBA is a lot faster <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, you know, Drew Eubanks is someone that I'm actually looking forward to seeing with this young core. Also, uh, you mentioned Devin Vassell. Devin Vassell um, is someone who I feel I'm excited, especially after his summer league. I'm very excited to see how he, how he meshes with, you know, Lonnie and DeJounte, Derek White, Keldon. I'm, I'm excited to see how he meshes with them now. As you said, um, he may not get, you know, playmaking with Murray White, Lonnie, you know, Brent Forbes. But I'm excited to see how he meshes with this unit. And going off of Brent Forbes, um, I know <laughs> I know the reaction uh, whenever it was announced that the Spurs were going to re- re- sign him again or bring him back. Um, but I feel that he, the role he's going to be getting now is much more suited for him than what he had previously when he was with the Spurs. And I, I, I obviously, you know, he was a starter when he previously was with the Spurs and that had a lot to do with injuries and you know, other other factors were in there. But now he's coming off the bench. Um, he's being a good uh, kind of like six man, at least that's what he seems to be, at least in, the, in these first two preseason games here. But um, he's a very good three-point shooter. I, I don't think there's any denying he's a very, very solid three-point shooter. Um, he's a very solid shooter in general. Uh, we saw against Milwaukee in that uh, playoff game, he, I think he had six, if I'm not mistaken, six three-pointers at one point. Maybe he had more, but I know he had a lot of threes in that pre- playoff game from Milwaukee, and um, he kind of surprised people. So if he can bring that, which, I mean, I don't see him not bringing that, I think the Spurs will uh, have a good, healthy bench core, uh, particularly with if Vassell can get going, if the Spurs can stay healthy and Eubanks can stay healthy. Um, I think the Spurs have a nice bench core that, that Pop can go off of. 
Yeah, so this is just an aside here. Um, something that made me laugh last night when I was watching the game against Detroit was um, in, in the second half, Bryn actually started, uh, you know, uh, uh, in, instead of um, Lonnie and, uh, and and Keldon Johnson. And then somebody um, tweeted at me. They were like, what if Pop actually wants Forbes to start again? And then, like, and then uh, like I, I don't know, they said something like that. And I was going to retweet it just to make the Spurs fans mad, but I, but I didn't. Um, but, yeah, I mean, no, I don't think that'll happen. But, um, you know, I think this is – I think you're right. You know, this is probably a better role for Forbes is to be more so like a six-man play off the bench, be that shooter for, for the team. Uh, rather than you know start, starting what, what he used to do in San Antonio when he was back with the Spurs a, f- a few years ago, so so yeah, I mean that's just something that again you know you're right you know Spurs fans get riled up if if Forbes um is in in the wrong um, spot in the rotation. So all right, so now I just want to talk about some, some more so end of the end of the end of the bench players here um, that have kind of some some notes that I've noted here. Uh, let's first uh, first uh, Jock Landale, like you mentioned earlier, you know he's showing what what he was able to do in the Olympics where he could stretch the floor. He's got a really good fluid motion from for, as a big, um, and he made two threes in that first game against Utah um, he's really good about it when he rolls he, he rolls pretty hard and then if the Spurs get him the ball near the rim he's going to dunk it he's not going to put him no layups he's going to dunk the ball if, if um, when he's there he's also been pretty good on the boards and also um, he has good court vision getting some assist uh, Josh Primo had that really standout game um, in that first preseason game against Utah where he came off the bench with eight points in the third quarter um, didn't miss a shot and then the second and in, in the fourth quarter he ends up with nine so he ends up with 17 on the game on four or five shooting uh, in his first preseason game uh, he, he only played seven minutes against Utah in the fourth quarter no, against Detroit in the fourth quarter but he, he didn't score any points he, he was over oh, three from the floor uh, just again going back to the Utah game mainly is that he just looked really poised for a young player um, he really took his time reading the floor um, he showed some shooting off the dribble from three in the mid-range, kind of some stuff that he showed at Summer League. And then he also finished at the rim very comfortably against Utah. Uh, again, it was one game, um, and, and he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't able to do those things uh, against Detroit. But, um, you know, it was just something to, to note, uh, you know, w- whether or not this team's going to send him to Austin later in the year or if, or if maybe they're going to keep him with the San Antonio team. And then lastly, um, you know, Lucas Simonich, oh, he's again, he's he's toward the end of the bench here. I mean, he right now, again, we can't say that this is going to be Pop's rotation right now, but two games in, he's already... He, you know, there's just there's just not that that opportunity for him again. Where uh, in the first game against Utah, Kata Bates job checked in before uh, Lucas Simonic did in the in the in the fourth quarter, and then also in the in the game against uh, Detroit, uh, Thaddeus Young and Al Farouk Amino both checked in before Lucas Simonic against Detroit. So again, uh, right now, uh, even with Rudy Gay gone, which we thought that maybe Luca would get more opportunity with Rudy Gay gone, two games into the preseason, it looks like Luca is still really far um, in that bench rotation. Uh, so do you have any thoughts on either Landale Primo or Simonic? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Landau real quick. I mean, I think, like I said, first of all, this is not a knock on Jakob, but it's like the Spurs have a big man that can finally dunk the ball. Like that, That's just exciting in itself. But I mean, no, for real, on a serious note, though, I mean, he can stretch the floor. So I think that's a big, big get for San Antonio because um, – I think we all know Jakob is, is not a three-point shooter. I mean, I think we all know that. But, I mean, um, I got a big that can stretch the floor is something I I think that a lot of these NBA teams are, you know, are, are going with now. Uh, we see, you know, uh, Nikola Jokic from Denver. You know, we've, we saw Marc Gasol uh, whenever he was uh, in Memphis and also in Toronto, um, you know. There's a lot of these big men out there that can do that. So the Spurs having one in their back pocket, so to speak, is a good uh, sign for that they're switching to this modern-day NBA, which is, I think, something that they needed to do a long time ago. But we're not, not going to get into that part. Um, he's good on the boards, which is good. The Spurs have struggled rebounding the basketball the past few seasons. His court vision is something I'm very excited to see because, from what I heard, 
he made some pretty good passes uh, to some, to some of these guards uh, in in that in the preseason game against Utah. So I'm very excited to see that. Um, I was joking with my friends after the Spurs um, drafted Primo. I was like, "Is he even old enough to drive to the game? I mean, do we do we know how old he is <laughs> because he's so young?" But I mean, uh, I think it's pretty much a given, at least in my, in my opinion, that he's going to be in Austin. I mean, he is 18 years old. Um, he has a lot to learn. But uh, um, as you said, eight points in the third quarter against Utah, nine points in the fourth quarter. Um, he only played seven minutes, I think, against uh, De- I was about to say Denver, Detroit. I think mm-hmm. because Pop did not. I, I mean, he's young. I don't think Pop wants to, you know, just throw him in there and be like, "Oh, here, welcome to the NBA, kid. Like, go play all these minutes." I think he wants to take his time with him, especially with someone who is coming from college, eighteen years old. You know, he did do um, summer league, of course. But, I mean, he's trying to ease him into the NBA. So I think he will be going to Austin more than likely, in my opinion. Um, but, I, I, but I am excited for what I, what I saw from him, which is he looks like a very capable guard. A very good – he kind of reminded me a little bit of the at least the aggressive side of him. Kind of like a Russell Westbrook, like very aggressive. He's he's not afraid to you know mix it up with with some of these players, which I think is a very good sign for him. As for Luca, um, I'm not gonna lie, I forgot he was on the team because yeah. we haven't right. seen him. And I mean that's just, I mean that's just kind of sad. We haven't seen him. Um, Beats Diop got in before him. Um, I expected. Thaddeus Young to check in before him just because Thaddeus Young is a veteran. And I, I expected that. But, I mean, the fact that Luca is so buried in the rotation and Pop is experimenting with these lineups right now tells me, and again, Spurs fans, do not quote me as saying this is exactly what's going to happen because I have no idea what Pop is thinking. And, Paul, I don't think you do either. But in my opinion, I think Luca's days are numbered just because... He's barely getting minutes right now. And I mean, if Pop is playing some of these guys and he's going to have to cut some of these guys and Luca is not getting any minutes, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's really tough to tell. The only reason why I wouldn't – you know, because right now what you're saying there, I was, it was already bringing me back memories of Livio uh, – was it Livio Jean Charles? Remember there was a player who they had drafted in the first round and then he was on the team and they really just had to, had to open up roster space so they had waived him. But I think he was in the last year of his deal and that's why I don't see this with Luca because, you know, they, they actually have an interesting day coming up. On October 31st, Halloween, they have to decide if they're going to pick up his team option for um, for next season. I think they will. They're probably going to do that for Luca, Devin Vassell, and I think there's another player there who, who I'm forgetting. But anyway, I think that they will. And again, the, the reason why, you know, this is this is becoming interesting with Luca's situation if he's not going to end up playing this year a lot because he they only have two more years with him on contract uh, this year. Well, actually, yeah, this year and the next year. And then I think he goes into restricted free agency the year after. So that's why they're kind of like on a timeline to see exactly what's he going to turn into. You know, Kelton Johnson's got that opportunity the last few years. Even Devin Vassell got an opportunity last year. So so a lot of these younger players are, are getting their opportunity. But, but Luke is still kind of that, that young player who's still who, who who they haven't given that that that, that opportunity to. So, again, I don't know. I, I really thought that, with, you know, with Rudy Gagon, that for sure Luca would get those backup um, four minutes. But right now, just based on the rotations of like having Devin play the four the, on the, as the backup uh, – and then even bringing some of these veterans in over Luca in playing time, uh, it's interesting to watch. Again, maybe Pop does go put him in, you know as the backup four in this in these next few games. Maybe it was just again for him to try these different lineups out the first two games. Maybe it just means nothing here. But the fact that Luca didn't play much, but again, it's just something to watch. Uh, again, as as some of these deadlines do come up. And so our last topic here, let's let's look at some just some some um, notes and roster updates for the team. 
Uh, Pop did say recently, uh, uh, before the before the games took place, that Zach Collins that he kind of like they, we finally got a little bit of a timetable on him. Uh, here's Pop's exact quote. He said, "Last I heard was after Christmas, and I'm not sure after that what that means." So I would again probably say maybe like early January or maybe mid January is what maybe they're thinking for Collins. Just looking at what Pop said there, so so at least we know that at some point he is going to eventually get back to the team, and we expected that based on the deal that they gave him because we know that this season is fully guaranteed. So so I think the Spurs thought that yes, at one point we are are going to see Zach Collins on the floor, so that's probably why they, why they gave him uh, guaranteed money for 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 um, year one of that three year deal. The, the, the other two years aren't fully guaranteed. Uh, there's been some Austin moves where the Spurs signed Nate Renfro, who used to play with the Austin Spurs and also on their summer league team, and also Eric Holman. But then they waived them immediately after. And again, this is just more so done to get their G League rights. They're probably doing the same thing. They were reported to sign um, Denzel Mahoney. They haven't signed him yet as of Thursday evening that you and I are recording this, Stephen. Uh, per Michael Scotto, they were going to sign Denzel Mahoney, who is a six five undrafted guard out of Creighton and again they'll probably waive him so that way that way they can they can use it they can have him in the, in the G League with Austin and then um just an interesting day to watch is now uh, Stephen and I are recording this on October 7th and so that means that we're 11 days now from when the Spurs need to either waive or trade two players to get their roster down to 15 guaranteed players before open before opening night uh, and then the last uh, rumor that we have here is um there's been some uh, just an initial um not initial but um uh, the latest Thaddeus Young slash um Phoenix Suns rumor uh per John uh, Gam Gambadoro, a Phoenix radio host who's pretty plugged into the Suns, uh, he reports that that um, you know the Suns do have interest still in Thaddeus Young, but it looks right now like like he's going to be in San Antonio for now. Thaddeus Young, um, he says that it's he, he's he uh, he says that it's doubtful that that a Phoenix trade happens right now, and and kind of something we've already discussed on the Spurs cast that that Phoenix really doesn't have a good trade package for the Spurs if the Spurs don't want to get back a lot of players. So a, a deal would probably look like Dario Saric and Jalen Smith for Thaddeus Young, um, and which would put San Antonio in, in, a, in an even worse position in terms of roster spots because then they would have to look at trading or waiving three players instead of just um, two players where they're at right now. So I know that's a lot of information. Uh, Stephen, do you have any comments on any of this information? Yeah, I mean, Zach Collins is someone that, you know, whenever he was with Portland, he's someone I was like, man, I wish the Spurs could pick up this guy because he looks like a solid, a solid big guy. And then he got hurt. I'm like, oh, well, never mind. But I mean, they got him now. And I'm thinking if anyone... It, excuse me, if any coach in the NBA can turn an injured player around, it's Greg Popovich. I mean, we've seen Pop, you know, I'm not going to say nurse them back, but he's kind of taking care of them to where they could be as healthy as they can be and their careers are sustained longer. You know, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan is, comes to mind, obviously. Timmy had that, you know, plantar fasciitis problem and he, he had the knee issues and Pop really extended his career. Mono Ginobili, another one. I mean, um, you know, these guys are in, uh, in good hands with Pop as their coach. So uh, uh, Zach Collins coming back after Christmas – um, let's just hypothetically say I'm going to go even further than that, probably even maybe even January after the new year, maybe, because we know how Pop doesn't like to really throw these guys out there after they've been out for a long period of time. But I'm excited mm-hmm. to see Zach Collins play with this with this group as well, because um, before he was injured in Portland, he looked like a very solid player. Um, as far as their Austin moves, um, I will say uh, the Austin Spurs look like they're, they're going to be pretty good <laughs> when the season yeah. starts for them. So I'm excited for that. As for Thaddeus Young, um, I know this might not be popular, so I- I'm ready for the uh, tweets. I'm ready for them to come in. But, I mean, I'm actually wanting the Spurs to keep Thaddeus Young. And I say that because there needs to be some sort of veteran presence on a team. Well, it doesn't matter if it's basketball or not. It, any sports team needs a some sort of veteran presence. And right now the Spurs are lacking that. 
Thaddeus Young, uh, Alpha Rukaminu, these two guys are veterans. They know what it takes to win basketball games. They know what it takes to, you know, just get down in there when, when you need to dig down deep. And I guess above all, just to motivate. And I'm not saying that these young guys cannot motivate. I'm just saying that it's going to have a veteran in your lineup that has been doing this for, for a while. And Thaddeus Young is a, seems like a nice guy, seems like a solid player. And it also, it seems like Pop really has a, a, some use for him. So, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Saric and uh, Jalen Smith um, would be the uh, trade package, if I'm understanding you correctly. Yeah, most likely. That's kind of what works salary-wise. And, uh, again, that puts Pop in even a weirder situation because I know Saric was rumored uh, as well uh, for, uh, I believe it was last season. It was rumored as well. So that may happen, but I just don't see it happening because, as you said, it puts Pop in a weirder situation because now you need to you know, move three players instead of, you know. So I, mean, I just don't see it happening, honestly. Okay, and one thing I forgot I wanted to note as well is um, the NBA finally released some of their some of their, um, their their official dates for the season. So one one key date to keep an eye on is February tenth. That is now the the uh, that's the NBA trade deadline for this year. So again, uh, regarding if, if Al Farouk Amino and Thaddeus Young are still on the team past October eighteenth, which is when the teams need to cut down their rosters down to fifteen players, well then then, then the next date to keep an eye on for, if you're a Spurs fan it is um, February tenth, which is the last date to, to make trades. Which is actually uh, in, the in day after season. my mom's birthday. Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> so. Yeah, so so again, those are some things to to watch, um, Spurs ca- Spurs cast listeners, uh, in, in the coming days and, and months ahead. Uh, so don't forget to visit ProjectSpurs dot com. Um, you know the season's about to start here, so we have recaps, analysis, and observations coming out for the preseason games, and of course we'll take those into the regular season. Uh, also, um, you know, I, I for those of you that that follow um some of, some of my work with the, with the stats and stuff like that, all of my databases are coming; they're on their way. I will be releasing them um fully once um the season does start because I, I don't use a lot of preseason data. But one thing I have launched already is the shot location box scores. So if you like that tool that I that that I had available last year on Project Spurs, it's already there. I'm, I'm tracking all the preseason data for that for that um that that shot like shot location box score. So you can go to check uh, keep an eye on that. It's already available with all the preseason data, and then and then once the regular season starts, I'll, I'll fully um you know bring bring back all, a lot of the different um databases that I create for um, Project Spurs. All right, so thanks again to Stephen for joining me here on the Spurs Cast, and also to Michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.